Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand and put our our hands together and give God a cheer this morning? Amen. Well, I didn't know when that Christmas carol was going to end. I kept, you know, there's one more verse, one more verse. You can turn around and look at somebody before you're seated and tell them, man, I'm glad you made it, and I'm glad I'm sitting by you today. Amen. You may be seated. Maybe catch the house lights a little bit. Man, it's good to see everybody here today. We hope that really that you had a, a great, great holiday. We understand that there were people that really did not, um, were not able to experience a holiday with their family. Our hearts go out to them and uh, all those who are in need. But um, we just wanted to say a great big, uh, really just a welcome to everybody. There's people here, I believe, online today that are going to be joining us from other churches and uh, from what I've heard. So you want to just say welcome if you're joining us. And uh, we just say a big, big God bless you. And so uh, we're just excited about uh, being with you today, and I uh, looked up, and I, I, I uh, out the window, I saw snow today, and I'm like, man, we probably need to get ready for an online service in the future, because if it's going to be like last year, uh, I don't think anybody could move, right, at, uh, in one uh, afternoon in December, and that was that was crazy. Now, I, I did read a report and said it's going to be a little bit above average, maybe above average uh, snowfall this year for us again. Um, not sure. I, I'm not a farmer and, and don't know all that. Didn't see those little caterpillars. I don't know how to read that. Uh, you know, those little, those little things we do. And, uh, but really, I, I just wanted to say that if we're going to be having an online service, we'll definitely try to let everybody know. If it's uh, according to weather and due to uh, weather, we'll be definitely uh, prepared for that and we'll let everybody know. And so um, we'll just let you guys try to know that in advance. It's hard a little bit sometimes, but we can do it. Anyways, uh, everybody's good, right? God's blessing and moving in your life. We're so excited about that. Uh, so happy to be here. And um, I know some people can't be here today, a little under the weather. And uh, yesterday, my wife and I were in New York City, and man, the wind was whipping and it was freezing. And so uh, I woke up this morning, little sniffles. So if I sound like one of those kids on Charlie Brown, uh, that's why I have those little sniffles. So uh, the stuffed up nose and all that. But uh, isn't the Lord good? Are we thankful this morning for what Jesus did at Calvary? I, want, I just, you know, just want to take a moment and just say, Lord, we thank you for the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And through him, we have life and life more abundantly. Through him, we have a tomorrow. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that God has given us a tomorrow? Amen. And some of us don't know what we're going to do today. But, man, we can lift our hand to heaven and say, man, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Amen. With God, amen, I'm going to be with him and I'm going to be living with him forever and all eternity. I'm so thankful for the salvation that Jesus Christ brought to this earth. What hope do we have, right? Amen. And, and Paul talked about it, the hope that we have. And last week our guest speaker talked a little bit about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I wanted to continue on just a little bit uh, in a series that we were doing called Living Under the Influence. I guess you could call it LUI, but uh, we won't go that far. We'll just say Living Under the Influence. And uh, today, we, you know, I just want to just follow up on a few things that we talked about, but also go into a, just something a little different today. <clears throat> How many believe that if there's ever a time that our world needed truth, it's right now? I believe there's ever a time for us to walk in the truth, to hear the truth, to speak the truth, to know truth is right now. I believe that we're so desperate for truth in this hour. And we're so desperate for to know that we know that we know what is expected, what is uh, tomorrow, what, what should we know. And how many know sometimes what hurts us is what we don't know. And so we're really kind of uh, working on knowing, aren't we? And so we want to know the truth. And uh, today I just want to share about Living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Living under the influence of the, of the Holy Ghost is what we've entitled it. And last week we talked a little bit about it, and I poked a little fun, but you know, it, it, it is true that some of us have these preconceived ideas about living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. We think that we float around and, and just kind of like, you know, it's kind of weird about it, and, and uh, we're people in white robes and we prophesy. And, uh, and you know, but how many know it's very simple and it's very day to day, and we, we can live under the power of the Holy Ghost every single day. We can live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's God's design for us. Why? Because as we said last week, it is the continuance of the of Jesus in our lives or the the work of Jesus in the earth. That's what the Holy Spirit has been given is it's the continuance of the work of Jesus and his words in the earth. And so I want to talk to you today about living under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I just wanted to make it clear that really those that live under the influence of the Holy Ghost love the truth. 
Last week, you know, we really talked about those that are under the influence of the Holy Ghost will glorify Jesus. How many believe that's true? How many believe that the Holy Spirit's been given to glorify the Son? Amen, the Son of God. And I believe that with all my heart. But I also believe that uh, really those that are under the influence of the Holy Ghost will love the truth. In John chapter 16, verse 13, and actually in, in, in the chapters 14 and uh, through 16, Jesus explains very, very clearly about the Holy Spirit and His work in the earth and Him coming and what, what He will do in our lives and, and who God wants us to be through Him. And so one of the things that He said in John 16, 13 is He said that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. How many believe that with all your heart, that He's going to lead you in all truth, right? And it said that He's going to reveal things to you. And He's also going to give you instant recall on, on the words that Jesus taught us. And the words that are written, He said that He will reveal these things. He will, he will uh, kind of reveal truth to us. And so I, I honestly believe that when, when we're being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, there's no deception. How many know that God's not going to lead you into a place of deception? Why? Because He's truth. He's going to lead you into a place of truth. He's going to guide you, as the Bible says, and, and open up your understanding to what is truth. And so he, he's not going to deceive us. He's not going to lie to us. We're not going to be led into fear. How many believe that with all your heart? We're not going to be led into any type of confusion because if we're being led by the Spirit, how many know the Spirit has come to reveal, to make clear, to make known? To open up our understanding. That's what it means to, to have to walk in the light. It means that illumination. And uh, today in our culture that means something else. And everybody wants to be illuminated so that they can say that they're, you know, just have much, as much knowledge as God. But, you know, I believe that he illuminates our minds to reveal himself to us. And so we see that about the Holy Spirit, and I love that. In fact, he goes on a little bit, uh, a little bit more in, in depth and talks about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said that he is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the truth. So if someone says that they're moving in the, the Holy Spirit or the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it's leading towards deception, calling somebody else Christ before, besides Jesus, how many know that's not the Spirit of truth? If somebody says that this Bible is full of lies and there's other things that were written that we should follow and make up our own rules, how many know that's not truth? That, that's Anybody, right? How many know that's not the spirit of truth? And so the Bible says that we can know the spirit of truth and we can know the spirit of error because we've been given the Holy Spirit. Someone said, well, how do I do that? I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to hear. How many know you just learn it? You, you kind of walk with the Lord and he teaches you. That's what I love about God and his word is that he teaches us. A couple of things that we see about the spirit of truth is and how the Holy Spirit leads us into the truth is, number one, we discover that Jesus is the truth. I think that's very clear, and, and we need to say that today in a very emphatic way, that Jesus is the truth. We're not ashamed to declare that today. Jesus is the truth. Why? Because he himself declared he was the way, the truth, not a truth, right? The truth. How many know it's different when you have a truth as opposed to the truth? Amen. And so Jesus said he is the life. In John chapter 18, verse 37, Pilate therefore said to Jesus, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. And to this end I was born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that, come, that is of the truth hears my voice. And so Jesus constantly reminded everybody, and even back then, not only was he the truth, but he came to bear witness of the truth. That's why he could say he was of the truth. Amen, that he was the truth because he came to bear witness of the truth. How many know that there is a truth? Oh, there is a truth. It's not something that changed 2,000 years ago that used to be a truth and we've lost it. We need to rediscover it. How many know there is a truth? Amen. And how many believe that you found the truth? Everybody's like, well, I don't know. No, no, no. If you're in Christ, you found the truth. Amen. If you're in Jesus, you found the answer. Amen. How many know, we're, we're, you know, someone said, well, that's what I thought, a bunch of Christians who think they're right. No, we don't think we're right. We're trying to get it right, but we know the one who is right, and he is truth. Amen. And aren't you glad today that you can say, I know the truth? You don't have to know all the, the, the biblical prophecies, and you don't have to know everything about the end times to say that you know the truth. If you know Jesus, you know the truth. 
Someone said, show us the Father to Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I can honestly say today that if you, if you have Jesus living on the inside, you know the truth. You have the truth on the inside. Amen? Some of us just act like we do. <laughs> Amen. But, you know, and that's the thing. And so one of the things I realized is that when you love the truth, you love Jesus. How many believe that? How many have ever found that true? The more you love Jesus, the more you love the truth. And the more you love truth, the more you love Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is truth. And that's where, we, that's where we can rest today and have our hope, as we talked about. Our hope isn't in something that may be mystical. It's in a person. It's in Jesus who is the truth. And I can say today that I know the truth. Now, you say, well, I don't know the answer to every question and every problem, but I know the truth, who's Jesus. Amen. And so... People are, you know, I know, understand what that sounds like when you say that to your neighbors. I, I know the truth. I know, I know, I know where the answer is. And they're going to think that you're the most arrogant, off the nut person that they ever met in their life. But you know, you direct them towards Jesus who said he was the truth. Amen. And so everything about the truth is about Jesus. And all the love that we can have for God is found in Jesus Christ. Amen. And the other thing I realize and, and we discover here is that Jesus declares over and over again is that his word is truth. So not only did Jesus say he is the truth, but his word is truth. How many believe that the word of God, the holy Bible that you have today, whether, whether it's uh, you know, digital or printed, is truth? I believe that with all my heart, that it is the truth. His word is truth truth. John chapter 8 verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Amen. And so we know the truth. And so we, how do we know the truth? We read it, we know it, we understand it. God can open it up to us. We live the truth. That's what's so important, and I want to bring that out later, that we live the truth. It's not something that we just believe in, but how many know you can live in the truth? You can live the truth. You trust it. You speak it. You talk, you know, you write it, whatever, but you, you read it. You, you trust the truth. Amen. And so it's important to understand that when we say that we love God, one of the key uh, components in any love relationship that makes it work is trust. And I don't know about you today, but I trust Jesus. I trust the Bible. Amen. That's one of our core values here at our church. We trust the Bible. We trust God. We put our faith and total trust in the Word of God. And so if someone comes, as Paul said, that tells us another truth or some other presents another something else that is truth or that some, how many know, he said, don't listen to that person because what we've already been given is good enough for us. This is truth, right? And so I feel that way about the Lord. So his word is truth. And it's important to understand that, that we, we, we trust it. We trust the truth. Because if you're going to have a strong love relationship with Jesus, how many know you've got to trust him? Peter could step out of the boat because he trusted Jesus. Get out on that storm. Get in the dark. Amen. He trusted Jesus. The disciples could give their life to Jesus in everything about their life, even face death because they trusted Jesus. Do you have that kind of love relationship with God today? Do you trust everything about God? Do you trust every word from God? Every, or are you just kind of like, I don't know if I can trust him or Muhammad, or, but I don't know who to trust. How many know I can say, I trust God? Put my faith in him. Do I understand everything? No. Do I know everything? No, absolutely not. Can I control everything? You, you bet I can't, right? But I trust God and I trust his word because his word is truth. But unfortunately, our sin nature, we're sin bent to, to reject truth. We're sin bent to mix the truth and change the truth. How many know that's what Satan did, who's a fallen angel? whose heart was against the Lord and lifted up in pride against God. He wanted to mix the truth. He wanted to have the presence of fallacy in the mix of truth. And he wanted to say a little bit of truth as he presented this whole lie of sin. Is that right? And so that's the way we're sin bent. We're, we're bent towards, we want to reject truth. We want to change it. We want to mix it. We, wanna, we, want, we don't like it initially. But how many know every one of us, when we meet Jesus Christ, we face the truth? I, that's why I'm here today, because I had to face reality about my life. I had to face reality that I was going to be eternally separated from a loving, holy God. I faced that reality. I faced the truth that I was a sinner and I needed a Savior. 
How many, how many loved it when you faced that? It was a little hard at times or a little difficult for some of you, amen? You know, your parents prayed a lot, a lot, a lot for you, amen? But how many know when we, we came to Jesus, we faced the truth? We faced the truth of God's love. We faced the truth of His grace. And only because His grace become so, became so sweet did because our sin became so bitter. That was the truth, wasn't it? How many know that was the truth? And so we're, we're bent, we're sin bent to reject it and mix it and change it. And in fact, we're, we're bent towards being religious about the truth. We're, we're, we use truth to, as a weapon uh, for other people and other things. And we want to protect our sin and ourselves. That's just the way we're sin bent. We're, we want to be religious. And, you know, we want to put experience over the truth. We want to put feelings and senses over faith and obedience. That's just the way we're bent. But how many know when we walk in the truth and love the truth and walk in the truth, how many know the Bible says you will do the truth? And you'll begin to live it out. And so I want to just encourage you that if you're struggling with the truth of God's word, amen, just maybe come to a place where you say, God, I want to humble myself and let you know that I don't know everything. But I completely believe that you do. And I completely believe that you are the truth. How many know that's a good place to start? It's a good place to start when we just say, God, your truth. Amen. Let me just go into this account of Matthew chapter 7. Jesus begins to, well, let me, let me just say this, that Jesus talked about this scripture. And many of us know this scripture. And we, we look at the scripture many different ways. But Jesus said that, uh, you know, that broad was the way that led to destruction. And many people are going that way. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. But let me just say this, that Jesus was teaching about truth. Because what he was giving is these principles that there is an established truth and then there's a fabricated truth. If you look up these words and do studies on these words, you'll find out that the word narrow means established way. How many know many times David talked about lead me in the established way? Isaiah said that we need to follow you in the established way, in the well-beaten, well-trotted way. I mean, God's go before us. He's gone before us. He knows the way. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. So we follow him. And, and so Jesus talked about that there is a fabricated truth. Why do I know that? Because early on he said, don't believe everything you hear. There's some people that have come as wolves in sheep's clothing. He said that, that you shall know them by their fruit. He, he warned us against fabricated truth that's coming. He warned us against people that really didn't love the truth and didn't speak the truth that we are to be careful about that. Come on, somebody. And then later on, he said that if you follow my teachings, you'll know the truth. That's what he said earlier. But he said, if you follow my teachings, you'll be like somebody that builds their, builds their house on a rock. You will last. So he's talking about truth. He's talking about his word. He's talking about the truth of his word. And, and I believe and, and, and see it so clearly that over the years we see it, and especially now, that there is a, an established truth that God wants us to walk in. But there's also a fabricated truth. Jesus and Paul wrote a lot about this, and they warned us against what? Truth. It was that truth was going to be on the line. That people were going to change the truth and mix the truth and reject the truth. Is that right? That's what they really warned us about. It wasn't necessarily the beast coming out of the ocean with seven heads and ten horns. It, you know, that's a weird picture. I mean, it's crazy. It's true, but it's crazy, isn't it? Didn't necessarily warn us about that as much as the truth. Wasn't it the, that dragon, the old slewfoot, the devil in the book of Revelation that wanted to steal the truth of God, to rob the people of God from the truth? Right? So it was all about the truth, wasn't it? And so Jesus and Paul spent a lot of time teaching and warning us about this, that it was about the truth. And so I believe that there is an established truth, that God's word is established. You can build your life on the word of God. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm building my life on the word of God? Every decision comes from the word of God. This is what messes with people's minds so much about Christianity that you can't think for yourself. I don't need to. I already know the truth. <laughs> we have the truth. Why am I trying to dig up some truth from ancient days when I have the truth? Amen. When the truth is right here. Why am I trying to search for the truth when Jesus is the truth? I just need to search for Jesus. How many know if you search for truth, you'll find truth? 
Why? Because Jesus is truth. And so if you search for Jesus, I believe you'll search for the truth. You'll get the truth. And so encourage people that are praying about being saved in Christianity and studying it and asking questions about it. Encourage them. Hey, search out Jesus. If you want to know the truth, look at Jesus. Search out Jesus. Amen. How many know it won't be long they'll find the truth if they look at Jesus? And so John chapter 3 verse 20 says that everyone that does evil hates the light. Neither do they come to the light unless their deeds would be reproved. But in verse 21, it says, But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God, or they're, they're of God, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be hidden. There's nothing to be ashamed of, because there is a truth that you're walking in and you're living in that doesn't make you ashamed. When you walk in darkness and you walk in lies and deception, there's a shame that comes with it. How many believe that? And so it is with the truth. When you walk in the light, as the Bible says, as he is in the light, there's something that God begins to do. He begins to illuminate your mind. He begins to give you understanding about who he is and, and what his word is about and, 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 and who Jesus is. How many have discovered truth about Jesus just by looking in the Bible? How many know that's where we need to point people the most? You know, I, I believe that Google is a really bad uh, choice over the word of God. <laughs> I believe that when we direct people to look and study, I, I tell people all the time, yeah, Google this and look up that. But ultimately, I point people to the Word of God. Look, if you want to know about Christianity, it's right here. If you want to know about Jesus, it's right here. How many believe in the Word of God? Amen. I believe in the Bible. And so it's, it's the truth of God. Let me just get into a little bit more on truth. Because really, we're, we're faced with truth all the time. And when we're faced with truth, we're faced with a choice. That's what makes it so powerful about our choice in serving Jesus. We were faced with the truth and we decided, I did, decided, I accept Jesus Christ as the truth. Amen. I've made my decision that Jesus is the truth. Now there's a word in our culture today that is, uh, has been around for a long time but is be, kind of being emphasized today. And that is the word deconstruction. And so I know that a lot of people, maybe uh, kind of a, on an old school uh, kind of a, a ideology that was, you were not allowed to question. You were not allowed to have uh, uh, doubts. You were not allowed to, to have any type of, of deconstruction in your life. And what does that simply mean? That means that you've never really asked yourself why you believe what you believe. That's what really deconstruction comes down to. It comes down to, um, you know, do I believe this for real? And what do I believe? How many have ever been faced with that? Amen. Maybe you're walking through that right now. What do I believe? Have you ever asked yourself that, especially after you had a conversation with somebody and they call themselves a Christian? You're like, what do I really believe here? How many have ever asked yourself that? You've, you've looked at today's culture, you looked at today's and some things that you were brought up with and you say, you know, do I really believe what I claim I believe? How many know that's a good question? Paul said we shouldn't be afraid to ask those questions because he said that we should examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. I mean, it's okay to say, do I really believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I mean, that's good. That's good to do that. It's good to say, why do I believe this? Now, why do I come to church? And why do I lift my hands? And why do I dance? And why do I do these things? And why do I carry a Bible? And why do I feel it's important that kids need to know about God? I mean, those are good questions that we need to ask ourselves because the last person you want to be is somebody that doesn't know why they do what they do or who they believe in. Or Come on. That's why Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? It's one thing for, to live off what other people have told you and what you've been raised with, but how many know there's a, there's a time in your life where Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Amen. And so that kind of, that kind of uh, questioning and that kind of that, that point in your life is actually a good, healthy place to be. Brother Matt, are you encouraging people to, to do deconstruction against the truth? I absolutely am. Because how many know if something is truth, it will remain no matter what you shake it down to? How many know you can deconstruct all you want to, but when it's all said and done, if it's really truth, it'll remain? If something is a lie, it's not going to remain. But if something is true, it's going to stand the test of time. And you can look at it in every which way you can. You can turn this thing inside, up, outside, down, whatever. It's still going to be the truth. This thing has been through time and test of time longer than I've been. Uh, any of us here on earth have been alive. This Bible, this word of God, this word of truth has remained. Amen. It doesn't matter what dictator, leader, or king, or, or whatever's in charge. This word has remained. 
Amen. And so it's okay to do that. Many people say, well, yeah, I would never, I would never question my faith. I hope that you do at some point. I hope that you have a place that you come into your life and, and you, especially if you're a teenager and you've been raised in church and, and, and you just come to church all your life and you said, well, do I really believe that Jesus is the Christ or am I just doing this because my parents told me? I mean, it's okay to do that. Two people, that's great. I'm going to go with Sister Sandy. She's shaking her head yes. So I'm going to do that. Amen. And so it's okay to do. Why? Because there's two things I realized about Jesus. Number one, Jesus welcomes questions. Don't deny questions. Don't ever say, hey, you're questioning the faith. You don't need to come to my church. Listen, Jesus welcomes questions. The Bible says that he had lawyers and doctors coming to him all the time. He, not, he never once did he shut them down before they ever asked a question. He let them ask their questions. Why? Because when it comes down to it, the truth is going to come out. The truth is going to remain. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't care how you dissect it and attack me and look at it and ask that question. That truth's going to come out. One way or the other. It doesn't matter if you're asking about eternal life or marriage or uh, whatever you want to ask me about. The truth is going to remain. And some of Christians are just so afraid for people to ask and question and question the validity of the Bible and who do you think you are to question the Bible. No, you encourage people to question. Paul said, go search the scriptures for yourself. See if these things be true. Amen? Why? Because there's no fear in truth. There's no, there's no lie and there's no deception in truth. We don't have to, we're not peddling something from, from some agency that we need to give them this big hook, line, and sinker, and then we'll get them, and then when they get in the program, they really find out, found out we lied. I mean, no, we don't need to do that because it's truth. And so it's okay, and so Jesus welcomes questions. In fact, he wouldn't be the answer if we didn't have questions. I mean, no, Jesus is the answer. Why? Because we have questions. Where did I come from? Is God real? Is the Bible real? How many know Jesus Christ loves those kind of questions? Because it's then he can really open up your heart, your mind, personally, to the truth of his word. Somebody else isn't talking you into it. Somebody else isn't convincing you. It's between you and God. I love that about the Lord. Amen. And, and the truth, again, will always be the truth because it's proven, it's strong, and as the Bible calls it, established. And the second thing I love about Jesus is that Jesus understands doubt. Jesus understands doubt. He gets it. He understands the, the time in your life. And, and I, I feel like God put this, this example in the Bible. He allowed this to be in the Bible for our sakes, for, uh, for Thomas. The, the disciple that walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and we call him Doubting Thomas. But how many know he's no longer Doubting Thomas? He's Revealed Thomas. I mean, he knows now, right? He gets it. He's illuminated Thomas. I don't know if that's what they put on his tombstone but in India, but whatever. Uh, you know, that's what he is. And so we call it, it you know, there, how many know there's honest doubt? I mean, you're, you're just really seeking for real answers. You're looking for real answers. I'm not, I'm not trying to Google and listen to just one side and people that have, have left the church and hate the church and people that are atheists. I'm, I'm, I mean, not listen to one side. I, I want to I examine it all. I want to find out for myself. I want to find the real answers for myself. How many know there's honest doubt? Yes, there is justifying doubt. There's excusing doubt. There's all kinds of these other doubts that people get into that aren't real. They're just looking for ways to excuse their behavior. But how many know there's honest doubt? And there's doubt where sometimes we come into life. Well, I thought, Jesus, like Mary and Martha, I thought, Jesus, that you were going to heal my brother. I thought that I was going to get that healing. I thought that that you were going to raise him from the dead. I thought that you were going to touch my dad and my mom. I thought that, I didn't think you were going to let them die. I didn't think you were going to let them get divorced. I, I thought that we had a word. I mean, your Bible, the Bible says, I thought that this was going to work out this way. But how many know we have our doubts? Is that right? And there's honest doubts. Lord, I need answers here. And I, and I search for these answers. And we, we look for these answers. But a key to that would be is don't ever stay in an atmosphere of doubt. Don't ever allow yourself to stay in that world of doubt and listening to people that really don't like the Bible and love God and hate the Bible. How many know it's not good to be around people? If you want to find the answer, don't, don't hang around people that have already found the, you know, the, 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 the problem. Amen. And so, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, I really want to know more about God, so I'm going to talk to my atheist friends. Well, I mean, no, talk to, talk to a Christian as well. Talk to somebody who knows him personally. Talk to somebody that's been to the throne room today. 
Amen. If you want to find more about God, amen, as well. And so really as a Christian, it really kind of, we see this occasionally that a Christian who is continually looking for truth. And it really kind of, um, I, 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 get, I ask myself that question, is it really possible that a, a Christian should be continually looking for truth? Because really, if you look at the Bible and the way that as we believe Jesus right from the, from the go, and that is somebody doesn't really search for the truth in Jesus. We just obey the truth. Because Jesus is the truth. How many know I don't need to be searching all this stuff about the truth? I just say, you know what, Jesus, you are the truth. And so, yes, we have our questions. Yes, we have our doubts. Yes, we have those things. But, you know, if, you're, if one is searching outside of Jesus, then you're not in search of the truth. And that's the way Christianity works. Is that right? Why? Because Jesus himself said he was the truth. And so we know that if you're searching outside of Jesus, you're searching outside of the realm of truth itself. In Matthew 22, Matthew 22, verse 16, this is what they said about Jesus. And they set, sent out unto him, unto Jesus, other disciples, or their disciples to Jesus, saying, Master, Jesus, we know that you are true and you teach the way of God in truth. We know that. And so people knew that about Jesus, but what they were doing is they were trying to search for the truth outside of Jesus, away from Jesus. And Jesus constantly pointed them back to himself. You're searching for truth in the way, is that what he did with the woman at the well? You're looking to your ancestors, to your firm form of worship, to this well. He said, but you know, it's not in the temple or at this well or this mountain. He said, it's in me. So, so that's what Jesus points them to. He points them to himself. Amen? And so he understands those things. And so uh, recently I was listening to a person that had this experience that they went to church all their life and they were in the church world and church culture all their life and then uh, ran into some other Christians that were, had some serious doubts and they began to question their faith and question the Bible and they began to do that. And then they began to dig into the Bible for themselves. They cut off kind of every other source and they just said, you know what, I want to search this out for myself. And their testimony was that really in the very beginning, from the very onset of the search, I was a truth person. In other words, I loved the truth. I wanted to know the truth, I loved the truth, and I found the truth. You see what I mean? And so that's the key, isn't it? A healthy deconstruction would be is that if someone had the heart of, I love the truth. How many know when you approach the Bible and you say, Lord, I want to know if this is true or not. I want to really know if you're the Messiah. How many know if you love the truth, he's going to show himself to you. You're going to, the truth is going to be revealed. And so that's a key I want to just give people that if you're really going through a place of questioning and doubting and, and just absolutely going over what, you know, church and, and Christianity, you know, the first thing that you need to begin with is have a heart for truth. Have a heart for truth. Have, love the truth. Why? Because if you, if you don't love the truth, you won't discover the truth when you find it. Amen? Is that right? And so I want to just quickly go through this. And uh, really what we see, I see, and, and we see it as well as a leadership team, we see a, a, a kind of a current conflict with the truth uh, in our society today. And really it's this idea that Christianity is progressing with our understanding of God and the influence of our culture. And, and really what it is, is it's, it, it's not about what you believe anymore. It's about discovering together what Christianity is in today's world. Now that sounds, that sounds good. That sounds like, hey, that's a very, a very logical, very educational discussion. But the problem is, is that you have to set your faith outside the door. So even if you love the truth and you discover that Jesus is the truth, that's not good enough because it's everything outside of Jesus. I mean, you know, that's not healthy. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to lead you to the truth. And so, I, you know, again, uh, you want to go over this. That, and if you recognize these things, this is how as Paul was warning us that we recognize things that are false and things that are true in our day and our age. And so a few things that, that are said about this and this kind of idea and, and uh, really this teaching that is out there today is that Paul and the apostles were writing when Christianity was at its infancy stage. And so when they, they really, people were writing their best on what they saw and understood at the time. And so it wasn't really God speaking, it was what they believed about God and in their time and place. You see how that's sneaky that 
See how that just kind of, it sounds good, doesn't it? But what happens is, is now you begin to think outside the realm of Jesus. Now you have to think outside the room and say, of Jesus, and say, Jesus is separate from the truth as I search for the truth. How many know that's not healthy? That's not healthy. And so I just want to throw that out because this is out there. And so, you know, and it really is this kind of understanding that, that now we, as a people group, as humanity, have a higher and wiser view of God than the apostles or even Jesus himself did, than that which was written, than that which is in the book. And so, so now God can show me things that are not in the book that are a higher, better, uh, more clear view of God himself. How many, if, you're, if, you're, if you grew up in the 60s, you kind of remember something that smoking that kind of did this, right? Anyways, I mean, I mean, this is weird, isn't it? But it's true. It's, 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 but why? Because people that really don't love the truth will not find the truth. You have to love the truth. You have to be one that seeks the truth. Because when you find it, you've got to be satisfied with it. And say, I found the truth. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is that truth. Like when a man finds in a field, he sells everything to buy that field. How many can say when it comes to the word of God, I'm all in? I'm all in. I mean, I don't understand things. Bad things happen in my life. I go through difficult situations. But one thing I understand is I love the truth. I love God. And I won't, nothing is ever going to take me from that. Is this okay this morning? Nothing is ever going to take me from loving God. Nothing is ever going to separate me from loving God and loving the truth. And I, I may not I get it. I'm so confused right now. I may be under even a delusion, but I'm, I'm going to love the truth. I'm going to come back to the truth. And, you know, th this is the best place to be in if you need healing and if you need to be reconciled to God. If you need restoration and there's brokenness and you've walked away from the Lord and you feel that God will never take you back and never forgive you, listen, all God's saying is, do you love the truth? Because the truth is that God loves you. <laughs> and He wants you back. And He's going to take you back. And he, Like that prodigal son. I mean, come on. Amen. And so I, I feel that. And so I, I'm going to know that we need to move in the truth today. We shouldn't move in emotion and speculation and, and fire at people and, you, and weaponize the truth. We've got to move in truth. As, and as Paul said, speak the truth in love. How many know our world needs that today? How many know some people need to hear the truth? Is that right? But people need to hear it in love. Because I believe there are, there are some Christians that have come, weaponized it and said, well, you know, God's the judge and he's after you and I'm, I'm going to make sure that he gets you. <laughs> Not knowing that you put yourself in that place too. And God's like, and you're like, uh oh. So how many know we need to love the truth? Love the truth. It doesn't matter whether, you know, what's going on in your life. But also there's just these few things, and I'll hurry along here, is that uh, there are other ways to think about God. There, there's other ways that you can look at God. There's other ways that you can see Jesus. You don't have to see him as the son of God. You can see him as just a part he played in the whole scheme of things. But how many know if you don't see Jesus as God, you're missing the whole thing. If you don't see Jesus as the word that was made flesh, you'll miss the whole thing. Because Jesus is truth. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, Jesus is the truth? Amen. He is truth. And so we know that there's a fight for the truth. And it's really that assumption that, that it's wrong to be committed to the right answers. And so, so if you're not committed to the right answers, there'll be no conviction. There'll be no certainty. There'll be no, just no absolute truth. But how many know we are all in? We're all in. And that's what Jesus calls us to be. Be all in. When he, when he talked to the people about getting healed and following him, guess what he said? He said, have faith in God. That's it. Follow me. Have faith in God. And I'm like, that's good enough for me. I, I'm, I'm, I, all those questions and doubtings, that, that, that all was resolved. That all rested when I met Jesus. All that, all that that was over my life and all that gray and darkness of understanding of who God is, man, that was all gone when I met Jesus. Amen. And so I believe that there's a difference between living the living truth and evolving truth or changing truth. How do we know Jesus, the Bible says, he does not change. I am a God, I change not, saith the Lord. Amen. How do we know you can change the carpet, you can change the walls, but we don't change the truth? Anybody? Anybody? And as Paul said, I, I am not ashamed of this gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. How many know there was something miraculous that happened in your life when you met truth? 
When you said, wow, that's truth, and I receive it, how many know something miraculous took place in your life? Nobody could do it. Nothing that up to that point that you were doing. and nobody, How many know Jesus changed you when you met truth? Amen. And when you found truth and you found truth about eternal life, it was like, that's it. I'm all in. I don't need anything else. And that's the way it is because Jesus is truth. Amen. So just give me, let me give you three things. And at this point, I'm just going to wrap up. I believe that it's important to believe in the authority of God's word. Believe in the authority of God's word. Don't be so quick, as Paul warns us, don't be so quick to swallow everything that you hear and that you see. Uh, believe in the authority of God's word. And when you believe in the authority, I could go into it, but you know, one of the questions that they asked Jesus about, he said, what authority do you have to say these things? They didn't say the anointing and miraculous power. They didn't question. They asked him, by what authority do you do these things? Because they recognized that in order for you to speak for God and of God, you had to have authority from God. And how many know Jesus has all authority from God? Amen. Two people. That's awesome. How many believe Jesus has all authority? Amen. Do you believe that when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, he wasn't just speaking in that time, he was speaking in the future, he was speaking in the past, he wasn't just speaking in that day, he was speaking, as the Bible says, into the worlds to come, amen, in the unseen world, every demon spirit, every ungodly spirit, every angel heard Jesus say it is finished, amen, and so I, I believe in the authority of God's word. I believe in what it does in my life. I believe in the authority that it has in my life to overcome pride and, 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 and stubbornness and unforgiveness. I believe that when I live in God's word and I apply God's word, I believe that I can overcome because I believe in the authority of God's word. I believe that when God spoke that it was finished. I believe it was done. I believe that I believe that angels bow down to God's word. I believe that demons are subject to God's word. I believe that Satan himself cowers at the power of God's word. Amen. I believe that when I speak God's word and I live God's word, that same authority of God's word is in my life. Amen. I'm going to believe that same authority to tell the waters to get up and part is living in your life. Amen. It's in God's word. It's right there. Amen. And so I believe that's important. And I also want to encourage you to back everything up with scripture. You know, I love that. As a teenager, we love this. We wanted to find scripture about this. You know, you know show me that you know, Jesus had long hair. Show me where long hair is bad. And just you know, Come on, right? And we, we did all those things. We wanted to say, well, you can't go to hell for that. I mean, we always, we always search the Bible for those things, right? Amen. But how many know it's important that whatever we claim, we've got to back up with Scripture? Why? Because there's authority in God's Word. That the truth of God's Word confirms itself. And I believe that when the truth of God's Word is heard in people's ears, they have a choice. But I also believe that there's life there. I also believe, in, and these are my personal beliefs, of course, and, and some of the things that we believe together, some of us as, as a body here, is I, I understand that when you speak God's Word, there's life there. In other words, people, it kind of makes sense. How many know someone told you something about the Bible, even the book of Revelation, and you were like, that sounds so weird, but it makes sense. <laughs> How many have ever read something and you're like, 700 wives? I, I don't know. That makes sense. I mean, Solomon wrote to his wives. I, it makes sense, right? And, and the things in God's Word, but that's what he does. So back everything up with Scripture. And when you're speaking to somebody and talking with somebody and especially discussing, as Paul did, the Scriptures and, and, and having a discourse with somebody about the Scriptures and the validity of God's Word, back it up with Scripture. And the third thing I want to encourage you today is become a lover of truth. Become a lover of truth. Want the truth. That's why the Bible says that our love can be so strong between us. Peace can be among us because we love truth. Because we're not, you know, that's why it's so, so important that we're not running around telling false uh, things about each other and, and lies about it and gossiping because it's not true. Because it's not truth. How many know it's not the way, right? It's not true. So I think that when it comes to loving other people and doing God's work, how many know, be a lover of truth. Be a love. How many know, we? How many believe that? As we, I think Brother Micah talk, mentioned something today. And how many believe in our day we want to see justice? How many want to see justice? I, I, I. How many know? As we talked a few weeks ago, that the Bible says that the throne of God, the foundation of the throne of God, is built on righteousness and justice. 
How many want to see justice? Well, we've got to believe that when we want to see justice, we've got to love the truth. We've got to love justice. We've got to love justice. If you don't love truth, you won't see truth. If, if you don't love justice, you won't see justice. Amen? You won't give justice. You won't live in it. You won't, you won't have it. And so I believe that's important. Amen? Do you believe that today? And I believe that many times, really, the thing that kind of makes something, you know, uh, in my life, I, I'm like, you know what? I don't like how that feels. I don't, I don't really like doing that. I don't really agree and, and everything. But, you know, that's just me. And so one of the things I... I have to do is I have to go through this thing where it's like, Lord, uh, you know, I've got to conform to your truth. Is that right? So those that live under the influence of the Holy Ghost not only love the truth, but they also love God's commandments. They want to do God's commandments. They want to do God's commandments. And, you know, I, I, when we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, you know, lies and deception and everything, and, you know, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. He's the author of lies, isn't he? He's the father of lies. I like what old, one old-time preacher said. He said that the devil can make a cake of lies out of a crumb of truth. <laughs> I mean, no, that's what he did in the beginning, right? That's why it's important that we know the truth. And let me just share with you three things as you stand on your feet today. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, Jesus said, as <clears throat> John was writing, that Jesus said, I know him and I keep not his commandments. Person said, if a, if a person says that, that I know God, but I don't keep his commandments. John said, he's a liar and the truth is not in him. But in verse 4, he says, and hereby we know, we, uh, we do know that we know God if we keep his commandments. Verse 5 says, but whoever keeps his word in him truly is the love of God perfected. Amen. Hereby, this is how we know we are in Him if we keep His commandments. There's a lot of things I could go in today, but I just want to encourage you three things before we leave today about, about the truth of God and keeping the Word of God and obeying His commandments. Because how many believe that if you're living under the influence, He's going to point you to the truth? If you're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost, He's going to point you to the truth. He's going to, you're going to love the truth. You're going to obey His commandments. I mean, no, you can't separate loving God from obeying His commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my sayings. You're going to do what I said. You're going to keep my commandments. Is that correct? Is that right? Amen. And so I just want to encourage you with three things is that we need to get into the book. This is how that you can keep the commandments and you can love truth is that you get into the book. And so it's important to understand is that when you open the book, God will open the book to you. Amen. How many know we need to get in this book in this hour? Well, I've got these apps that talk to me about the Bible, and I read this and that, and I read this commentary and these reference Bibles and everything. How many know it's one thing to do that? It's another thing to get in the book. Sometimes you just got to read the black and white. Sometimes you just got to get in the book. Sometimes you just got to say, Lord, okay, what does your Bible, what does the Bible say? What does your word say about this? Thank God for all these commentaries and all these people that studied and all the truth that came out there. But I lay all that side and say, okay, what does your book say? How I many of you got to get into the book? And so the more you get into the book, the more you can hear the voice of God. Many people can't hear the voice of God because their Bible's closed. If you want to open your ears, open the book. When you open the Bible, you begin to open your heart, you begin to open your ears, you begin to open your mind to, come on, the Word of God and the voice of God. That's, that's clear, isn't it? And uh, I want to encourage you, get the book in you. You need to get the Bible in you. David said, I, I want your words in my heart. I want your word hidden in my heart. John 15 says, if you live in me and my words live in you, you'll ask what you have and you'll receive it. Is that right? So get the book in you. And thirdly, do what the book says. I think that's pretty obvious, isn't it? Do what the book says. Isn't that plain? Jesus said, if you continue in my word, if you keep practicing it, keep living it out, then you're my disciples and you'll know what truth is all about. Just a few things I want to share with you about when you obey the word of God, word, obey the commandments. It shows, the Bible says, that you love God. John 14, 15. God loves you back when you do his commandments. John 14, 21. He said, I'll love you. My Father will love you. We'll manifest ourselves to you. Right? God will reveal himself to you. John 14, 21. You can know that God in a very intimate way. John 14, 23 and 24, and we become prayer partners with God. 1 John 3, 22, he says, when you keep my commandments, you ask what you will, and I'll do it. How many know you become a prayer partner with God when you keep his word? 
Amen. There's just something about your prayers with the Lord that when you keep his word, amen, he hears your prayers. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 2, it says, By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. We can do it. How many know you can live this out? You put your faith in Jesus and say, Lord, I, by your grace today, I'm empowered to do your word. It's by your grace, I'm empowered to, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to, to walk in the truth of God's word. And I don't know about you, but I want to live under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I want to live under the influence of the Spirit of God that I love truth. So that when I hear something in our culture, I read an article, I, I read a book, or I hear somebody doing this and doing that and saying this, I want to say, I love the truth. And when it's all said and done, you can, you, can, you can turn the truth upside down. You can try to destroy it and rip it apart and deconstruct all you want. But the truth will remain. And I can build my life on the truth because it will always remain. How many know that if you build your life on the truth, your, tr your life will remain, right? Is that right? Is that what the Bible says? That whatever we do will remain. We will prosper and whatever we do will remain. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, man, I love the truth? I want to love the truth today. And how many can just lift your hand again and just say, you know, I want to pray for, I want to pray for really our, our nation, but also our, our culture. Amen. The people that are really, the Bible says that people that don't know God, 1 Corinthians says that they are blinded, that the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe. And how many know that when the truth of God's word shines, it's called a light, shines in the people's minds, it's illuminated and they can see who Jesus is. Can we just pray and say, Lord, we just pray for really those around us. Every This whole culture as we're surrounded and we hear these things, Lord, we pray that there will be a revelation of the truth of God. Not a, an evolving truth, not a changing truth, not a, not a truth that is culture bent, but Lord, a truth that remains, a truth that is of God, a truth that points to Jesus, the Messiah. We thank you, Lord, that today we can build on this truth. We thank you that we can declare this truth to other people. And it's the truth of God's word that works in men's hearts. I, I can't convince people, but your, your word can. I, I can't turn that light on in their heart about who Jesus is, but your word can. Lord, I can't, I can't do a lot of things about what's going on around me, but your truth can. And I thank you today that, Lord, there is a heralding of the truth like never before. Lord, help me step into that responsibility as a, as a child of God, children of the light. Amen. To reveal it to somebody else through love in Jesus' name. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you for empowerment that is on us through the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of God to us. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, amen. You know, if you need prayer today, we invite you to the front. And uh, we have people that are coming down and would love to pray with you and, and just love on you a little bit. If you're new with us today, maybe the first time, we'd like to meet with you and maybe even have coffee with you, uh, get to know you a little bit. But um, God bless you and enjoy the...